God is inviting us into a place where our hearts can expand and grow to receive what he has in store for us. And we can simply ask, God, what is this for? I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I used to be a taxi driver. I, I actually ended up getting fired, though. I um, Here's the thing. It turns out that some customers don't appreciate it when you're a taxi driver when you try and go the extra mile. Just trying to help. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 139. So good to be back with you. If this is your first time joining us, that was a dad joke just to brighten your day. And if this is your first time, please rate and review this podcast. It'd be a great way to help other people find it. The highest compliment you can pay us and the best way for other people to find out about this podcast is that you share it with them. Word of mouth online on social media and if you do that on social media please make sure you tag us at mana food for thought on instagram you can go to manafoodforthought.com all spelled out and you can find all of our social media all the ways to contact us all of the content blogs old vlogs podcasts our bible study and uh, you can click on the patreon tab on the home page if you'd like to be a financial sponsor for this podcast for as little as one dollar a month this podcast does cost money, and so we appreciate your support. Uh, but without further ado, we're going to get started with our joy, junk, and Jesus. My joy this past week is that uh, for the first time in quite a while, we had practice with our band, Valleys and Crowns, and we're going to be practicing again this week to uh, potentially bring in some new members. And so it's just really great to worship and pray uh, with people that I love and that I've been in this um group with for quite a long time and have been friends with for a long time before that. And so we really um, just gel well together. And so it was just great to come together and, and chat and catch up and, and pray and praise the Lord. And that was really great. So and I love playing music, too. So it was wonderful. So uh, my junk, though, I've not been sleeping well still. I think I said that last time. And man, our kids, they are so cute, but they are so um, challenging our patience lately. And so um, you know, they're at that age where they're testing boundaries and really trying to figure out like what's, what's okay, what's not, what am I allowed to do? Uh, you know, when they, you know, they look at us and they try and replicate our behavior, but they don't understand like we do certain things as parents that you shouldn't do to each other or other kids your age, you know, like disciplining them when they need it, you know, uh, things like that. And so anyway, it's just been a little crazy, but it hasn't been too bad, so praise the Lord for that. Um, my Jesus moment was that, um, well, it's just been quite a few things. I, I spoke at an XLT in L.A. last week, and the church was just full. And it was really just great to see the ministry that was going on there. Um, and this was at St. Pancratius in Lakewood. Um, and so shout out to the, the whole team there, Father Andrew, Teresa, everyone who had me out. Thank you so much. Um, but it's so great to just see the vibrancy of that community. And I'm always touched when I see like the vibrancy of our community and some other local churches as well who are just doing really great creative things. And all these people are coming out and having experiences of Jesus Christ and wanting to grow in their faith. And I just, I don't know, there's, there's such an inclination and a desire, maybe not desire, but a tendency to fall into the negative and feeling like, oh, everything's bad. Everything's falling apart. Everything's terrible. And I just, I don't feel that way. I have so much hope. You know, I just have so much hope for the church and where the church is going and this what I believe is a huge intellectual spiritual revival happening, especially among young people and, you know, older uh, Catholics who weren't as well catechized growing up. Just this resurgence of the intellectual tradition and beauty of the faith. And so I don't know I just see that hunger 
bringing people to church and I feel like they're getting that hunger is being satiated in a really beautiful way. And so, yeah, I just been experiencing Jesus through that in, in many ways. So uh, I encourage you to reflect on your joy junk, Jesus. Let us know what's going on in your life. The topic for today, as always, is based on the second reading for this upcoming Sunday. This upcoming Sunday is the third Sunday of Advent, also known as Gaudete Sunday, which means uh, to rejoice because Christmas is almost here. We're about halfway through Advent. And uh, on this third Sunday of Advent in cycle A, we have the second reading is from the book of James, chapter 5, verses 7 through 10. This is a shorter passage, so I'm going to read all of it. I want you to key in and see if you notice anything that's repeated or anything that's emphasized here, uh, and you'll get a little insight into what our topic will be. So here we go. James 5, 7 through 10. Be patient, brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient with it, until it receives the early and the late rains. You too must be patient. Make your hearts firm, because the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not complain, brothers and sisters, about one another, that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing before the gates. Take as an example of hardship and patience, brothers and sisters, the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, I don't know if you caught it, but four times in that passage, we have the word patient or patience. And that stood out to me. Anything, anytime you hear something repeated very, you know, quickly within a few verses, there's obviously a big emphasis and focus there. And so that drew me to reflect on patience and, and waiting. That word's also in this passage uh, a couple times, and, or at least once. And I th- I, that's something that is obviously difficult for many people. You know, we have our idea, we have our plans, we have our own goals and aspirations. We present our plans to the Lord, or we maybe just make them up on our own and don't even consult the Lord. But we have an idea of how we would like life to go. We have an idea of certain goals we would like to achieve, how we see the trajectory of our life pointing. And and when we don't, the world even encourages us like, hey, you got to get a five-year plan. You got to figure out what you're doing. You got to make tangible steps to improve your life and to do the things, you know, that you will lay the groundwork for what you want to do later. And it's hard to have patience. It's hard to wait. And also in moments where uh, all of a sudden you get thrown a curveball, you know, and, and all of a sudden there's a loss, a breakup, a, uh, a difficulty, an addiction comes into your life, um, you know, something, some financial situation, a job change, a move, all these things that could be very unexpected. Um, and we can ask, you know, like, why me? Why is this happening? Why are my plans being derailed? And we can, we can very easily fall into complaining and asking why me instead of the question, which I think is, is a real opportunity for us when we think about patience. And that's to ask the question, what is this for? What is this for? So how can we have patience and what does patience mean? So the word patience is a Latin word, comes from the Latin word patentia, and it means uh, to suffer. Uh, it comes from the verb pati in, in, in Latin, uh, which means to suffer. It can also mean to allow, to permit, to undergo, or to endure. And so when we're talking about being patient, we're talking about suffering, meaning how are we undergoing or enduring the things that happen around us? Do we let them affect us or do we seek to affect them? Do we uh, ask why me? Why is this happening? Or do we ask what is this for and how can we see a deeper purpose in this? There's this very interesting uh, um, 
word in scripture because you know when when the word patience in, in is used in scripture it often is accompanied by this word um compassion like the lord is pa- patient and compassionate with us for us or sometimes they're used synonymously or the lord is is long suffering with us and sometimes long suffering is translated as compassionate and in hebrew the word for compassion is rahamim which uh comes from the hebrew word raham which means womb and um, just that idea of a mother carrying her child for nine months and being willing to suffer with, to have patience, those things being synonymous in meaning, suffering through the pain and the, the uh, tiredness and the, the sacrifices she has to make to care for her own health and the health of her child and to carry that child to term. And then obviously the suffering and sacrifice that the whole child birthing prog- uh, process causes a woman to undergo. And then even after that, all of that sacrifice and suffering, all the things that uh, a family and a mother, a father, have to set aside and have to, in a sense, suffer through or allow, permit, undergo, endure in order to raise this child and take care of it. We have to set aside those things that we want and recognize there's a deeper purpose here. And that can involve a lot of things like waiting and having to deal with situations like we've been dealing with in our home of not knowing like what's going on with our kids. Why aren't they listening? How come these things aren't working? You know, what do we do in this situation? And uh, I, I think this is an invitation really to reflect on where you are in your life. And I, I don't know, I just get a sense that in a lot of people I've been talking to that there, there's just a lot for a lot of people right now, they're in a season of waiting. They're in a season season where they're being called to patience, and it's very difficult. Things have happened in their life that are very painful or unexpected, or life is not going the way that they thought it would, or they got the life that they wanted, and all of a sudden it's not as satisfying as they thought it would be. And um, Or people are on a real spiritual high, and then all of a sudden they fell off of that, and they don't know why. Nothing really changed. It just got dry, or um, it wasn't as fruitful. And it causes me to turn to a couple... Um, passages in scripture. One is Luke chapter 9, verse 23, um, where, where Jesus um, is, is providing an example for us. Like not only is Jesus going to accept the cross, but he expects the same willingness from us as his disciples. He tells us, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. And part of being patient, part of waiting is being willing to deny ourselves of our ideal perfect image of what our life should look like and recognize maybe there's something greater. Maybe God is doing something in the waiting. Maybe he's providing an opportunity for me to encounter him in this need I have, in this void, in this emptiness or loneliness, this this place of solitude, this place of discernment. And he's doing something in my heart and causing me to get used to trusting in him, relying on him in moments of difficulty. Jesus explained this truth further um, using an agricultural image in John chapter 12, verse 24. He says, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. And what this means is like when you would harvest wheat, you would really have to like, you know, you'd have to cut the stalk of the plant and you'd have to separate the wheat from the chaff. And it really involved this kind of like shaking up of this plant. And so, you know, the grain of wheat has to fall to the ground and cease to be this plant that was fruitful 
in order to then go and be crushed and milled into flour to be baked and to turned into, into bread and other things. And so the same is true in our lives. Like we, we have seasons where we're really able to grow and blossom and flower. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, we get uprooted and we need to allow our plans, our desires, our wants, our needs to die because God's for us are greater. God has something else in store. And so sometimes instead of being the ones who are planning and doing and, you know, making all of these plans come to fruition, I'm reminded of the verse in Exodus 14, 14, that the Lord your God will fight for you. You need only to keep still. And so maybe in the season of waiting, if that's something that you struggle with or are in now, if you struggle with being patient, you tend to fall into complaining or into going into a fix-it mode and trying to handle it yourself, to really just take a moment in those spaces and allow yourself to be still. Really experience the feeling of longing, the tension in your heart between what you want and what may be happening that is what you do not want. And allow yourself to be still and be reminded to ask that question. You know, not why me, but what is this for? I want to end by, by reflecting on this passage from St. Augustine uh, in, in a writing that he did on, on desire and having patience and, and why God calls us to wait for things. And I just invite you to listen and really see how God may be inviting you to wait and how that waiting can be fruitful. It doesn't have to be something painful. Yes, patience means suffering, but it doesn't have to feel like this arduous thing that God calls us to suffer and sacrifice for a greater purpose because there are certain things in us that need to die, certain desires in us that are not fruitful. And if we do not let go of them, if we do not let them die, they will become toxic. They'll become idols. They'll become things that draw us away from him and ultimately will not be for our good. So this is from St. Augustine. It says this, The entire life of a good Christian is in fact an exercise of holy desire. You do not yet see what you long for, but the very act of desiring prepares you so that when he comes, you may see and be utterly satisfied. Suppose you're going to fill some holder or container and you know you'll be given a large amount. Then you set about stretching your sack or wineskin or whatever it is. Why? Because you know the quantity you have will be to put in it and your eyes tell you there's not enough room. By stretching it, therefore, you increase the capacity of the sack. And this is how God deals with us. Simply by making us wait, he increases our desire, which in turn enlarges the capacity of our soul, making it able to receive what is to be given to us. So, my brethren, let us continue to desire, for we shall be filled. In other words, what St. Augustine is saying here is in the process of waiting, Our souls stretch in anticipation of all that God is going to give us until they become large enough to actually receive what God has in store. If God just gave us everything that we wanted or needed immediately, our hearts would never need to swell to a larger size. We would simply be satisfied immediately. So in the waiting, in the suffering, in the moments that we're called to be patient, God is providing an opportunity for us our souls to expand, our hearts to swell larger so that we can receive greater gifts and blessings from God and so that we will recognize the things that we're attached to are not satisfying, are not fulfilling us, and we can let go. We can let those things die. We can become that grain of wheat that falls to the ground and dies so it can become something new and more fruitful. 
but that involves sometimes that crushing of the grain and transformation into something new, a new purpose, a new perspective on life. And that can happen at any age, at any time. And we have a choice how we're going to respond. We can complain. We can wonder, is this punishment? We can say, why me? Or we can simply recognize God is, God is inviting us into a place where our hearts can expand and grow to receive what he has in store for us. And we can simply ask, God, what is this for? What is this for? So I pray that you can be more attentive to how God is moving in those ways in your own life, as I pray that I can do the same in mine. Until next time, God bless you, and I will see you in the Eucharist.